What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 1412 Podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Reclitis, and on today's show, we have Philip Buck. Phil is a former missionary kid, and he is a husband and father to two awesome children. He has an amazing story, and I'm really excited for you to hear what he has to say. Let's go. All right, today's guest is Philip Buck. We met at a young adults group during my college days, and I'm so excited for you all to hear what he has to say today and what we can learn from him. Phil, welcome on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're so glad to have you. Um, so as we get started, you know, could you just give us an introduction? Who are you? A little bit of your story. What are you doing currently? And and maybe just kind of your faith background. Sure. Um, so my story uh, is kind of unique and then somewhat similar in, in two ways. Um, so the unique part first, I'm actually a missionary kid. So I grew up on a uh, on the mission field. I actually grew up in Kenya, Africa. I went to a boarding school there. Um, the more common part, you know, was pretty common Christian family, uh, was introduced to the Lord pretty young, pretty early, um, and I understood the principles of, of God pretty early on, um, probably accepted uh, uh, accepted Jesus as my Savior um, when I was about seven, um, but oh, wow. didn't have some massive impact on my life until much later, mm-hmm. um, probably about when I was in my, uh, more towards, uh, in my 20s, really. Okay. Um, yeah. Very cool. So, so you grew up as a missionary kid, and then uh, nothing really, you know, didn't maybe didn't take root in your life. When did your faith really first take root in your life, and and it started to impact the way you live day to day? Yeah, I want to say I was in my twenties. Um, I had been uh, been married for you know it had impacted my life before this you know in that i I really was going after god but Mm -hmm. i didn't really kind of understand him um but it was really kind of in my early 20s that it it really started to come to a head where um the reality of of like god's not just this being that's lofty he's not some lofty idea but that he actually cares about an individual and specifically me and my family um and um um, I'm trying to think what else. What else you want to know in that in that process? Yeah. So I guess when did God become, you know, when did He become real to you? Yeah. Um, he really became real to me. Um, my my wife was starting to have um, have dreams, and um, I started to have some dreams about going to um, South America. And I'm not generally the kind of person who usually dreams much at night, and so I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot of understanding of what dreams stood for, what they meant, but I just had this impressing urge to go to Chile and Argentina. Hmm. Um, and so this is about the same time that I met our, our, our common friend, Brandon, um, from the young adults group. And, um, I was not, I didn't really have a good concept of who God really was actively yet. And, um, but I was pursuing this going to South America, my wife had had come to understand God um, better than I had at this point, um, and so we got get to South America, and I have an experience with God that uh, I could not. It didn't fit into my worldview, hmm. um, and realized um, that he was he was way more real than I had thought before. Um, and I began 
really singing and praying to him in ways that I had never done before and experiencing God as, as a whole from that point on in ways I, I didn't even, I didn't believe existed. As a matter of fact, I had even been taught several times that, that it wasn't real um, or that it was false doctrine. And I had to change my entire worldview around that time. And that really changed everything about my life aspect at that point to, to literally to follow whatever I felt him saying to do and then testing it. And that, that was a foreign concept to me, but really at that point, that was like a combination of my entire life up until that point, understanding really who he is. Yeah. Wow. So, so you have this encounter or this experience. Um, do you feel comfortable sharing what happened there? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I had actually gone and we had several friends that, you know, prayed in tongues and things of that nature. And at the time I didn't understand what tongues was, um, as a missionary background, I would have understood that as, um, you know, somebody translating and speaking in a new, in, in a language of the world, like something that, that actually exists. Um, I didn't understand spiritual languages or any of that stuff. I thought that was a bunch of hogwash, whatever, um, radical, radical thinking, if I could put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, and the year before my wife had started praying in tongues. Um, and at the time I'm a, deacon of the southern baptist church so this was a problem um yeah (laughs) there was there was conflict here um but i I wanted to honor my wife because i know her personality i know who she is i knew that she's she's not a faker Mm -hmm. like she doesn't she doesn't put things on she's not a sensationalist and so i i I was i I, it messed up my worldview right so Mm -hmm. when i get to argentina while i'm there and we had a lot of conflict getting there. And while we were there trying to get around, there was just constantly a barrage of things got in the way. Now I know that that was spiritual attack. But at the time, I didn't understand that. I just felt like just this is how third world travel is. Because I'm used to travel. And travel can be difficult sometimes. But this seemed above and beyond that. And I got to the point where I was beyond myself. And I literally was in a spot in Chile overlooking you were up and high in the mountains overlooking a valley and i would kind of at that point where like i'm done like i'm just whatever you have for me god i'm done whatever you want whatever you want to do i'm done and i just started worshiping him at that point and i started worshiping him just singing songs that i knew and then i began to sing songs that i was making up and then i was singing songs and words i wasn't familiar with (laughs) <laughs> and after a period of time of doing that, I began to realize I was singing in tongues something I had never done before. And it was like, I at that point, I realized like there's way more to God than I've given him credit for because he didn't fit into my worldview. He didn't fit into my box. And I realized at that point, like, God doesn't fit in boxes, so we need to stop trying to put him there. Yeah. Huh. So... <laughs> I think it's really interesting. So you didn't actually, at the time, recognize uh, what was happening? Is that No, I really didn't. It, it was really just me fully surrendering to God completely. Like, whatever, literally just telling him, like, whatever you have for me, whatever's real, that's what I want. And that's when I began to experience this. And it wasn't like I strove for it. It just kind of happened very naturally. Um I know for some people, it's like they feel like they have to practice it or, um, 
God moves in different ways. And, and I think for, for different people, their experience is different. And for me, it was, it was really about just letting go, letting go of myself and then allowing God to just move through me in whatever way he wants. And that's kind of, that's moved on in through my life at this point. So it's not just tongues. It's not whatever guy I feel God moving me to do, I'm going to do it. And sometimes it's kind of out of the box and sometimes it's, and sometimes it's more rigid, and it depends on who, who I'm dealing with and, and what the situation is. But just realizing, like, I'm just going to follow him with everything. So, yeah, at the time, I didn't understand what was really going on. I didn't have a good worldview. And it wasn't until I got to know Brandon that he kind of helped, sh- helped show Scripture to me that made more sense. And I was used to looking at Scripture, but I wasn't used to looking at Scripture ignoring my worldview. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, would you be willing to share some stories, um, maybe times since then, of moments where you felt the Holy Spirit, you know, calling you to do something, to go somewhere, or to uh, maybe talk to a person, and just kind of share some stories? Because I, I know that you had some pretty cool experiences, um, and I would just love for for our listeners to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I guess I'll share my the first real experience I had. Um, and I was accustomed to listening to God and kind of feeling what he was saying about me and looking at scripture and seeing if that lined up. But I had a situation where I was headed to a friend's house. They needed help for something. I honestly don't remember what it was that they needed help for. It was probably a car kind of a thing because that's something I'm always tinkering with. Mm -hmm. Um, And on my way home, I was actually in a hurry to get home um, because I, I had been out later than I meant to. Um, and I didn't want to leave my wife alone with the kids kind of a thing, um, or at the, the one child at that time. And so I, I'm headed home and it was almost as clear as day. Something in my heart said, turn before you get on the highway right now. And I almost ignored it. I'll be honest. I almost ignored it because at first I was like, that's a weird thought or feeling. And then it quickly came back to mind that I had told God I would do whatever he said. And I went, well, this clearly isn't me, so I turned. (laughs) And so I turned into this parking lot, and I must have scared this poor girl half to death in the middle of this parking lot um, as I hop out. And at the time, I'm driving some big old jacked-up F-250. I'm I'm wearing shorts, boots, and I look as hillbilly as they come. And I jump out of this truck and... I just felt God say, pray for her. I was like, okay, is there any way I can pray for you? And she's like, yeah, but you're kind of freaking me out a little bit. (laughs) I went, yeah, I'll be honest, I'm freaking myself out a little bit here. But I just asked, you know, is there anything I can just pray for you about? I'll leave you alone after that. But I just felt, I really felt that God told me to turn here and talk for you. And she was like, yeah, I mean, you can pray for me. And so I just asked, well, what is it specifically that's the biggest need for you? And so she Literally, she looked at me and she goes, well, I have cancer on my hand and it's actually this growth. And so she put her hand out and I'm looking at it going, wow. And so I willingly prayed. I'm used to praying for people. That's no big deal. So Mm -hmm. I prayed for her and in the natural, it felt like the weakest prayer. (laughs) Like in the natural, the words were, because I didn't have a whole lot of belief, just enough to be able to turn my truck and pray, right? Yeah. But when I prayed for her, literally, I watched, I mean, the words I got out was, um, something along the lines of, 
God, could you please heal her hand with this growth? And I watched it fall off. What? And, and she, she kind of let out a little squeal, and I think I did too. Because <laughs> 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 I'd never seen anything like that before. Um, and she quickly was like, well, thank you. Uh, I got to go now. And she took <laughs> off. And so I just kind of stood in the parking lot there for a moment like, what just happened? And I really felt at that point, like, God saying, like, are you going to trust me when I ask you to do something? Whatever it is, whenever it is. And that's translated into a lifestyle at this point of God waking me up sometimes to go out and, and, and talk to somebody or rescue somebody or very rarely um, to rebuke somebody in love and bring them back in. Um, and it's it's just been a, an interesting walk from that point of just when God says something. So that's just one of one like one, one of hundreds of stories that have happened over even just a short period of time over the last couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just imagining like okay, this thing it just falls off this girl's hand and then the reaction of both of you just like looking at each other, looking at the thing like did it stay on the ground? Is that well, it was a dirt driveway, so when it fell on the, on the ground, I couldn't see it anymore. And to be honest, okay. I, I actually dug around a little bit, kind of morbid thought, but I actually dug around for a second, like, where is it? Because I'm really confused. I want to see this thing, and it was I just yeah. couldn't find it. Huh. Um, but we were definitely both shocked, but, you know, as I'm maturing and growing more in the Lord, I'm beginning to realize that it shouldn't be a shock. Jesus walked yeah. around and did miracles all the time, and we're supposed to look like him. Yeah. Not that it's my miracle. I can tell you right now, I didn't have the faith for that miracle. That was the Holy Spirit working through me. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, I guess, I guess you know, the next, the next kind of step to take this is so, you, so you take that first risk, or whether that was your first one, or whether that was down the line, um, it was early on, right? And since yeah. then, you know, since then, you get more comfortable. And, and God continues to call you to do things. Um, do you feel like, so I guess a question that I have for you would be, do you feel like you need to hear from God to, to step out? Or do you feel like, like there are times where maybe you just, so it gets weird, right? Because sometimes you might not have like a direct word, so to speak from God. Like you you might not feel like go talk to that person, but, but you'll like see them with a cane and you're like, well, like I know it's within like who God is to like go and talk and pray for that person. Uh, so I guess for you, like, how do you work that out? Did that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does. It really does. So, uh, for me, um, it's a little bit of both and. So, and I know that's like a cop-out answer, but but let me explain why I say that. There are times when, clear as day, I can feel God's move in, in me, kind of move in my soul and my spirit and kind of wake me up a little bit and say, I want you to go do something. And I can ignore that or I can move on it. And when I move on it, usually he gives me a little bit more. And it's kind of like Brandon. I'm not going to. Brandon Hayes used to use this example of grabbing tissues out of a t- tissue box, right? You have to grab the first one before another one will pop up. Mm-hmm. And you kind of keep going through them until you hit the bottom. It's kind of like that most of the time. There are also times where it's like, 
I just know the Christian walk is about sharing our faith. And yeah. so there are times when I know he's capable, but I'm going to share my share my faith. Um, and do I, you know, do I see miracles every time I pray for somebody? No. Do I hear? Do I do I see miracles every single time I feel God tell me to pray for somebody? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wish, you know, I wish there was some great formula to make this work, but but that's kind of it's not me. Mm-hmm. My responsibility is just to share my faith. My responsibility is to pray for the healing and the transformation. That's up. That's between God and that person. So it's it's a little bit of that both and. There are times where I can designate time and go, um, and then there are other times where it's like you just feel in your spirit you're you're restless. It's it's almost like it's almost like you're anxious and you don't know why. Mm-hmm. But there's but there's just a little bit more to it in that you're anxious and you do know why. Okay. And the more you train yourself to do it, the more you recognize that, that anxiousness. And I, I don't think anxiousness is really the right word, but that, that restlessness, that stirring to move. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, definitely. I like the way you put that, um, especially Brandon's example of the tissue box. That, that makes so much sense, right? Like... Once you act on the first kind of the first whisper, the first word, whatever you want to call it, then like often a second thing will come, and then when you act on that, a third thing will come, and it like you don't receive the whole the whole story at once. You receive it kind of piece by piece by piece. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then and I don't ever go. You know, once you hit the bottom of the tissue box, you can't pull anything else out of it. Mm-hmm. If you try to, it's something you put there, not what it's in there. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that is that's really good. So, my next question to go off of that, um, what do you or what happens when you don't listen to what God might be telling you to do? Nothing. Yeah, I, I, and, and that, for me, that's the most disturbing part. Nothing mm-hmm. happens if I choose to do nothing. The world's yeah. not impacted. I'm not impacted. Nothing happens. Um, no, there are. Don't don't misunderstand me. There are times where I can have some self, like I can beat myself up, like oh I failed, I, I blew it. Yeah. But also remembering, there's grace. Like God really does have grace for us, and there there are consequences to actions. But generally speaking, God has a lot of grace for us, and so we beat ourselves up more than I think He does sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but but honestly the honest truth is nothing happens and i feel like a lot of the times why why our world is kind of collapsing on itself is because good people choose to do nothing mm-hmm. yeah so what would you say to someone who is feeling led by the spirit to do something but they've just kind of they've like pushed away those those um, promptings and they're just they're just really like in their head and like oh like I'm so sick of I'm so sick of not listening but I don't even know I don't even know what to do right like what would you say to that yeah. person? Yeah. Uh, what I would I would encourage that person and, and just say look we've all done it <laughs> we've all had that moment mm-hmm. where I didn't I didn't have enough boldness to move forward um, so first off forgive yourself but number two nothing risked nothing gained. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees anything 
massive if you don't risk something. And the honest truth is, our lives don't belong to us. And I know this is more of an internal perspective, uh, an eternal perspective, um, to mm-hmm. say, look, my life doesn't belong to me. It's it's not mine. It's his. If it's his, he can do whatever he wants with it. That means I got to share my faith, because that's that's the essence of why we're here. It's to love. Um, and so that, that, that person who, who hasn't done it because either they're scared or they're self-doubt or, or whatever it is, grab the first tissue. Like you're not, you don't get to the deep things of God until you grab the small things. So, mm-hmm. so be bold enough to take a small step and then see if God proves himself. And, and I think most of the time what you'll find is he proves himself over and over and over and over again. But the first thing is don't, don't look to the result. It's yeah. our job to share. It's not our job to transform. It's not we can't do the healing. We don't have the prophetic word. That's all the Holy Spirit. We have. We're just the active part. We're we're the body that He functions through, but it's not mm-hmm. not us. So so like so if something doesn't pan out, you don't have to take the blame either. Mm-hmm. As long as you as long as you only shared what or moved on what He was saying. Yeah. Hmm. So I love, I love this idea of of free will and like choice, right? So God mm-hmm. gives us, you know, God gives us something, right? So we we feel led to do something or to say something or just to to go somewhere, whatever, right? Yet we like because God created us with free will and and free choice, we. Like we can choose either to obey that or to deny that, and mm-hmm. God God easily could have just made us robots, right? Like He easily could have right. could have just programmed us to automatically do whatever He wants, right? But but if we so I believe it I believe it's Hebrews that says like without faith it's impossible to please God. So yeah. when we when we choose to obey, you know, what God has spoken to us, we are actually pleasing God because that is faith in action, right? So faith... Yeah, that, that, exactly. Yeah, so that that faith that says, like, I actually believe this is God, and I'm going to take a step on this with my free will, and God is going to be pleased with this obedience, so I'm actually going to please the God of the universe by doing this thing and and it's actually God's pleasure to watch to watch me um, step out and do what he's calling me to do that like, yeah absolutely well well and what are we created for we're created for love right yes well you can't have love without free choice mm-hmm. without freedom of choice you have slavery or or, yeah. or you have a robot. Or, or a mirror, but you don't have love. And so our expression of love can look multiple different ways, but one of our expressions of love should be us having the free will to choose to do the right things or to choose to do what he says. And that's why we make him happy, because that's what we were created for, is to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really, I really, really like that. Um... So I guess to to wrap it up. So on that uh, kind of on that topic, where do you 
where do you feel God is leading you specifically to display love in a greater measure? Um, I, I, lots of different areas, but one of the ones is is really to those that um, that feel that they've been hurt by the church. Or sometimes even those who are leading in church. Um, uh, I know we have this preconceived notion that that pastors have it all together. Um, And my experience, and this comes from my background as being a missionary kid, sometimes pastors are some of the most hurt people. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm not bashing on pastors, not, not at all. But what I'm saying is oftentimes we put too much on their shoulders, and so... I feel a lot of times it's actually to support them um, and to encourage them so that they can encourage their flocks to move to move beyond and share. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a this is this is newer for me, right? Because I have a heart for evangelism and street evangelism, evangelism, and going out and 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 sharing my faith that way. But um, really, I feel like until we as brothers and sisters show each other love and and support each other, even those who we think are above reproach, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't love them, we we can't we can't show the world what love is if we don't love each other. Yeah, hmm. yeah. The, I mean, they'll know we are Christians by our love, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and I think one thing that hit me recently when I was reading that passage was it's talking about the love between Christians. It's not, you know, it's not necessarily like. They're like the person out on the street is going to know I'm a Christian because I love them. Like there is definitely truth to that, but that scripture is talking about they're going to know that we are Christians because we love each other, and uh, right. And I think I think that's something that we just I don't know if we forget it or if we don't necessarily understand what that, what that even looks like. Um, I mean, we're broken vessels, um, but we're suckers for religion. Mm-hmm. And religion creates diverse creates not diversity it creates um, conflict mm-hmm. uh, because religion says you have to you have to abide by these rules and this theology and this whatever so on and so forth and I think we get caught up on that and forget the fact like we're all broken it's, it's something my my dad said to me uh, even just this morning I was talking to him and he he said you know I'm broken you're broken. But by God's grace, you fill in the blank. Hmm. Yeah, I really, I, I like that. Um, and do you think that we forget often, or that kind of in charismatic circles, that we forget that we're broken people? Um, I, th- I think we are keenly aware of our own brokenness. Um. But I think we forget, as a collective, we're all broken. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's like we want to. We want to look at. We recognize the, our own mistakes and our own blemishes. But it's so much easier to look at somebody else's and point theirs out. But to realize, no, we're all broken, and we would all still be broken if it weren't for Christ. Yeah. And I think that gives us that gives us the ability to have way more grace for each other, and go. I may not. I may think I know what you're going through, but I'm not going through it, right? And so I can have grace for whatever your period is and love you through it, whatever it is. Even if I disagree with your decisions, I can love you through it anyways. You know, a really good parent doesn't doesn't take their kid and and wash them off with the bathwater when they make a mistake or when they really mess up. 
a, a good parent always looks to see how can I bring you back in and how can I lift you up and encourage you to be more, to be better. And we need to do that with each other. You know, brothers and sisters should be doing that with each other. We, we, we tend to be, we used to be better at it in families, but even in the family unit, you see that breaking down today. And if you see it break down in the family unit, you're going to see it break down in churches, you're going to see it break down in community. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're going to end right there for today. I would love to have you on awesome. again sometime to talk about family life, especially, because um, I know that that's, sure. that's huge for you and Nicole. Um, so I would love yeah. to talk with you about that, and but we need to we need to end this show, otherwise we'll run this thing w- way too long. Uh, but I just want to say thank you. Know, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I had a great time talking, and I'm sure that everyone listening uh, was able to pull something and get a better understanding of of really just this thing we call Christian life. Sounds good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much, and have a great rest of your night. Alrighty. Thank you. Yes, you so much for listening. I really appreciate you giving me these last roughly 30 minutes um, of your time to listen to Phil, to listen to what we had to talk about. I, I hope and pray that something in this um, spoke to you and that, that you're able to take something away and to apply to your life immediately. I want to encourage you that, that in life, um, whether it be things of faith or things that um, you know just apply to life more generally, I want to just encourage you that if something stands out, I want you to, to act on it right away, um, to take immediate action on that thing, because otherwise we just accumulate knowledge, right? And and while knowledge is good, action is what actually um, makes a difference in life. So I just want to encourage you with that, just to, to take action. If something stands out, to take action immediately and to begin um, applying or working on things and, and just seeing what happens when you take that step, when you take that step in action to go do something um, with what you're learning, uh, you'll you'll get to experience new things in life that um, you won't if you just learn about it in your head. So guys, I want to say thank you again. You guys are awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep posting. It's going to be on a, a fairly irregular schedule. So don't, uh, don't expect anything, but I hope to put out about one episode a week, maybe a couple more, um, doing some other, some other things that I've been thinking of. Until next time, I just want to encourage you that the life of Jesus is available for you today. Have a good one.